KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. And today is Friday, Erev Shabbat Kodesh, Parshat Vayakal Pekudei, also Parshat Achodesh, which means we're getting close to Chodesh Nisan, the first month of the Jewish year, which means we're getting close to Pesach, which means we're getting close to a lot of things, and if you haven't started cleaning your house and getting ready for Pesach, it's the time to do so. The beginning of Parshat Vayakel, it says Vayakel. The speech that Moshe Rabbeinu makes now, where he gives the instructions for the building of the Mishkan, were given Behakala, Bekihila. He gathered the Jews together. Now, practically speaking, I imagine that everything Moshe Rabbeinu said in the Midbar to all the people, Moshe spoke to B'nai Yisrael, he had to get them to come together. Here it says specifically, he gathered them together. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky Zatzal explains the need, the need for hakhala, for gathering the Jews at this point, in the following manner. We know that at Har Sinai, the Jews came to Har Sinai, so they had a special achievement, a special status of unity. In the language of Chazal, Ki'ish Echad Belev Echad. That there was no dissension. The Kabbalat Torah was done as though, Ish Echad, as though by one man with one heart. Even though there were 600,000 men and 600,000 hearts. But they were unified and put together. Ki'ish Echad Belev Echad. However, Forty days later, when you have the Chet of the Egel Azahav, the sin of the golden calf, so sin by definition separates them and causes dissension and discord and disunity. I think, in my own opinion, that this is at least the possible meaning of the Pasuk that when Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Hasinai and saw the Jews who were worshipping the Egel Azahav, it says, uh, he saw that they were piruim, kifara'o aharon lishimtza b'nehem. It's a difficult word what the word piruim means. Rashi explains it in one sense. He says it means uncovered. But I suspect it might mean divided up. The word lifra'a means to make something all messy. Aaron had, had made sure that they would be divided up. So they shouldn't have unity, chas v'shalom fachet. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky quoted Yerushalmi, an extraordinary Yerushalmi, in Sanhedrin, in the last parak, halacha bet, parak yud halacha bet, the Yerushalmi says that there wasn't one egel of Zahav, but there were twelve. Each shevet had their own egel because they couldn't get together. They were unable to decide and to agree on one egel of everybody. Chet, by definition, is disunity. Now Moshe Rabbeinu is building the Mishkan, which is, first of all, Atonement for the Chet Egel, and two, putting them back on the on the course of being Amashem. They'll all work together. Each person will participate in some sense in the building of the Mishkan. And therefore, Vayakel, he made a special effort to gather them together. Not so much for the physical necessity of them hearing his words, but the mitzvah itself of building the Mishkan must be done by Hikahalut, by being put together putting back the unity that had been damaged 
uh, in the time of the of the of the chet. Continuing, the first mitzvah in the pasha is not the mishkan but Shabbat. Sheshet yamim ta'asem alacha b'yom shirei yelachem kodesh Shabbat Shabbaton l'Hashem. Many commentators have noticed that the Pasuk seems to equate doing work six days with observing Shabbat on the seventh. Six days you should do work and on the seventh day it will be Kodesh, a day of cessation, a day of Shabbat Shabbaton. But there's no mitzvah to work, there's a mitzvah to not work on Shabbat. How could the Pasuk equate the two? So the truth is, that there is a, 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 an unusual comment in the Midrash on this Pasuk with a Midrash in one place. It's not well known, but in one place the Midrash says, The Midrash takes the Pasuk literally, and just as there is a Mitzvah, to cease from work, to Lishbot on the seventh day, so too, Kach Mitzvah, so too there is a Mitzvah, to work, to work six days. Uh, and this, of course, could be developed, which I'm not going to do now, into an entire philosophy of what we're supposed to do in this world. We're supposed to, thinking of what it means to not to work on Shabbat, means not creating. So on the six days, you are supposed to create. You're here to change the world. I don't think it's talking so much about whether you make money or not, but it means that just as one ceases, let's God create on Shabbat, and we do not create on Shabbat, but the whole week is supposed to be created. Being creative is a good thing. That's what the Midrash is. However, the Fashion give other answers. One very, very interesting answer is from Rabbi Farmi Hamburg, uh, a god over a hundred years ago. And he knows the Pasuk before. The first Pasuk, before Sheshit Yamim Tasem reads, Eila Hadivarim Asher Tziva Hashem Otam. These are the things which God has commanded to do them. Lasot Otam, to do them is totally unnecessary. And also, in particular in this case, strikingly inappropriate because since the mitzvah that we're going to describe to do them is Shabbat, basically on Shabbat you don't do them. The mitzvah that's described on Shabbat is Yerachem Kodesh Shabbat Shabbaton Lashem. You're not allowed to do Malacha. So why Dafka? Specifically, that mitzvah, it says these are things which God has commanded to do. What should you do? Don't do. Why here does it say to do? So he answered the Gemara in Kiddushin it says as follows Yashav Adam person sits and he doesn't commit a crime doesn't commit a transgression the Torah gives him the reward of one who has done a mitzvah it's a basic problem in the fact that many mitzvot are prohibitions and, and how do you fulfill a prohibition. Am I at the present fulfilling the prohibition of not committing murder? Well, I am. I'm not committing murder. But it seems a little bit strange to view it as being something in my credit. So, the Gemara says, a man sits and does not do an avirah, he gets the reward of one who has done a mitzvah. But the Gemara adds, that's only him if if he had the opportunity, if it was, it was an opportunity to do it, and a reason to do it, and he didn't do it. In other words, I'm not now getting sakhaf and not committing murder, since I'm sitting in a room by myself and there's nobody to kill. But but if you're walking in the street and you're hungry and you walk by a restaurant and you smell the hamburger, the cheeseburger, and you choose not to eat it, so then that's called action. 
That is called action. That's what the Gemara says. So the father explained, Shabbat is indeed a Shev V'al Ta'aseh. It's inaction. It's desisting from action. It's cessation from action. But the Gemara says that not doing an Aveva is the equivalent of doing something on condition that you had the opportunity to do something and you didn't do so. So that's what the Pasuk says. These are the things which God has commanded that you should do Shabbat. How do you do Shabbat as opposed to not doing Shabbat? How do you do it? The answer is If you have what to do for six days and on the seventh day you stop doing it. So that's a case where you have the opportunity to do Malacha, to do work, but you choose not to. Not doing work on those conditions is indeed La'asot Otam. And since the Pasuk here is interested in telling us that Shabbat is activity and not inactivity, it's the activity of not doing activity, therefore the Pasuk says, have work for six days, and then the seventh day will be Shabbat, Shabbaton Lashem, Yelachem Kodesh, Shabbat Shabbaton Lashem, and will be considered to be an action, Shemirat Shabbat, positively, and not merely the inaction of not doing Melacha, which in any event, you would not be able to do. Since I mentioned two explanations already, let's complete the survey. One third explanation that I know, it's a story that's told about the Chafetz Chaim. I'll skip the story, just get to the punchline. The Chafetz Chaim said that if you are Shomer Shabbat, you'll have work six days. If you work on Shabbat, then you won't have work the other six days. It's a choice. So it basically means, Sheshet Yamim, Tasem Alachav, Yom Ashvi, Yelachem Kodesh, then you'll have the opportunity, God will give you the panasa of doing melacha in the six days. My guest uh, for today, my guest, did I say my guest? Our guest. Why my guest? Our guest, mine and yours, for today's Erev Shabbat program is Harav Aviyad Tavori. The name Tavori should be familiar. Harav Aviyad is the son of one of our regulars, the man who gives the shir every Monday in the weekly mitzvah, listen to the Hebrew, he gives shir on Wednesday as well, in Keshet, our Hebrew podcast, HaRav Binyamin Tavori. HaRav Aviyad is HaRav Binyamin's son, and we're very happy to uh, have him as our guest for a little uh, talk this Arab Shabbat. HaRav uh, Aviyad will remind us that Pesach is coming. He's a little more organized than I am. Apparently Pesach is very on his mind. And in the context of Parashat HaChodesh, uh, will help us get ready for Chag HaPesach, Chag HaUkula, which is almost upon us. Harav Aviyat Tavori. Sholim V'Dorshin Sholim V'Dorshin B'Chot HaPesach B'Chot HaChag 30 Yom Kodem HaChag This Shabbat, Shabbat Mevarchin and um, right before Pesach. And I would like to discuss and talk a little bit about Pesach, which is coming very soon. And um, on Pesach, everyone knows that we, we, we give a bracha to each other of Chag Kasher V'Sameach. And there's a famous joke that says, why do we have to say Kasher V'Sameach? Because even though it's Kasher, we still want to be Sameach. Meaning that sometimes, when we look at Pesach, we notice that Pesach is a Chag with a lot of halachot, 
that we have to be makpid on them. Or we have to make sure the house is clean for Pesach, no chametz in the house. We have to make sure that we buy all the right foods for Pesach. We have to make sure that in the night of the Seder, we eat for Kazetim, we drink enough wine, we do Haseba. A lot of details that on Pesach, which we have to do to make it Echad Kasher. And sometimes, sometimes we actually forget that it's also supposed to be Echad, which is Sameach. I want to talk a little bit about how Pesach is when it comes to Chumras and what what what's maybe happening today when we look at the Chag from the perspective of the Chumrot which are done on Pesach? Why is Pesach connected to a Chag with so many Chumrot? Well, it could be that the answer is that the details themselves, the Halachot themselves that come on Pesach, they themselves are built on many Chumrot. And I will explain. Let's start from the from the main Easter of Chametz of having Chametz. Chametz is an Easter which we don't have almost any parallel like it in the whole Torah. The closest thing that comes close to Chametz might be Avodah Zarah. If we talk about Easter Basar Bechalav, Easter Basar Bechalav Easter is Aser to be. You can eat it, you can eat it, you can cook it, you can have Hana from it, but you can still have it in your house. When it comes to Chametz, not only can you eat it, but you must get rid of it. You can't even have it in your own house, you can't, have, you can't possess it. It's the closest thing like Avodah Zarah. So here, right away from the beginning, we notice that the Torah says to us that when it comes to Chametz, when it comes to Pesach, you have to be machmir to get rid of every little bit of Chametz. But also the Halachot of Leila Seder seem to have a very strong connection to Chumrot. The Gemara itself, when it talks about, for example, Arba Kosot, the Gemara itself debates whether the kosot have to be done by Haseba or not, and the Gemara is not sure which of the four kosot have to be done by Haseba. The Gemara's conclusion is that because we're not sure which are the kosot which have to be done by Haseba, we're machmer to do all four. So the Rishonim already asked, why don't we say it's a suffix Rabbanan Kula? But nevertheless, at the end of the day, we do Haseba for all four kosot. We're machmer to do Haseba for all four kosot. For all four kosot. When it comes to eating the matzah, here again, there are many opinions of how many zaytim of matzah we require, we are required to eat on Pesach. We know that the Gemara itself t- discusses doing, breaking the matzah, and the Rishonim discuss if the breaking of the matzah has to be the matzah that we eat, meaning do we make on it hamotzi, or do we make on it the bracha of alachilat matzah, there's a big machlogut in the Rishonim about this, but at the end of the day, what we do today is that we take all all shitas and to be yotzi, all shitas, we eat at least two kazaitim when we make the first bracha. We're makbiti another kazait with koreich. And at the end, because some Rishonim hold that afikomen is the real mitzvah, we, we're makbiti another kazait of matzah. So here again, the minag of al am Yisrael is to do the most chumra, the most chumra halacha, to make sure that you eat four kazaitim. It's not just that some people eat one kazait, two kazait, and some people are machmir. The minna gives to, to eat kazait of matzah for every achila of matzah that night. We know, for example, that when we wash our hands before karpas, here again, the minna is in the seder night to wash hands before karpas, even though that uh, this halacha is halacha written down in according to the Gerah, one must do this every time you wash, you eat a fruit which is, or a vegetable which is wet, but Am Yisrael is not like that the rest of the year. But suddenly the night of Pesach, we're all machmir. 
we all wash our hands before we eat the karpas. So, here are just a few examples of how the minute of Am Yisrael is to do the Chumrah's Milachat Chila, not just as a Chumrah, as we know it in other cases. So it could be that that's the reason why the minute of Am Yisrael is, when it comes to Pesach, we're Machmir. We try to be, do every Shita, we try to do every Minhag that there is, to be Yotzei all the Shitas. And it could be that because of that, when it came to Hashgachas and buying products, we also very Machmir. But the question is, and this is something that I want to, to, to at least um, to raise the question so people can think a, bit, a little bit about it. Isn't, 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 didn't it get a little bit out of hand when we come to the world of Chumras? It seems to me that in today's world, when we go shopping, we're a bit confused. What really is required for Pesach? What kind of Ashgachas do we really need? What has to have Ashgacha? Soap, shoe polish, liquid for washing dishes, shampoo, aftershave. What exactly does need hashgacha? I'm not going to talk about it right now. I'm sure other people have talked about this. There are many articles about this. Many machlokas about this. What exactly needs hashgacha? What doesn't need hashgacha? What you have to get rid of? What you don't have to get rid of? All I want to say is that it could be that because people are so machri sometimes, maybe sometimes we are actually... Um, we are actually paying a price for the Simcha of the Chag. I read yesterday in the paper, I heard in the news yesterday, that there are thousands and thousands of Israelis this year who are not able to buy the Mitzrachim, the main, the main, the main the, the, the food that they need for Pesach. They can't buy matzah, they can't afford to buy wine. It could be that they also can't afford to buy washing liquid, that's kosher le Pesach, and bleach, that's kosher le Pesach. It could be that these people think that that's what they have to do. That when Pesach comes, you have to go and do a big shop and buy everything. Maybe that's what they can't afford. I'm not sure. But I think that if you ask people in the street, people are very confused what they have to really buy for Pesach. There's Halach in the Shulchan Aruch about Sukkot. The, 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 the Ramah tells us that when it rains in the Sukkah, when it rains on Sukkot, one must leave the house and go into the, in, into the house. One must leave the Sukkah and go into the house. What happens if someone says, I want to be Mahmir, I would like to stay in the Sukkah. Says the Ramah that a man like this is an Hediot. Based upon the, the, the sentence, the concept of Kola Patumi Davar Veoseu Nikra Hediot. The Gemara in a few places tells us that if a person is put for something and yet he does it, it's considered a Hediot, a simple person. The question of course is, why is he a Hediot? Why is he a simple person? Why not just say, he's a machmir, he's doing chumras. What's so bad about doing chumras? There are many answers to this question, and I think that in this case, we can think at least about two important answers. One answer might be, that in the case of sukkah, a person who is machmir, is not actually doing anything. If you sit in the sukkah while it's raining, you are not fulfilling any mitzvah. You're a simple person because you're not doing anything. You think you're doing a mitzvah, you're actually doing nothing. It's like sitting in the house. You think you're doing a mitzvah of sukkah sitting in the house? No. Sitting in the rain is not a mitzvah. Sometimes people do chumras. They think they're doing great things. They're not doing anything. If that's the case, then they're a hediot. But it could be that there's another idea behind this. Some people talk about that the reason that a person is a hediot in this case is because not only are you sitting in a sukkah when it's raining, but you're actually doing an avera. The avera of 
Simchat Chag. Instead of being happy on Yom Tov, instead of be enjoying Chag, you are now miserable. You're sitting in a sukkah, you're getting wet. The Torah says, V'samachta bechagecha. There's an obligation, it's a halacha. So instead of being machmir sitting in the sukkah, maybe you should be machmir in Simchat Chag. Who says that sitting in the sukkah is more important than sitting in, than being happy? In this case, you're hediot, because by sitting in the sukkah, you're canceling the mitzvah of Simchat Chag. It seems to me that there are many cases when a person chooses a chumrah and he's actually doing something negative by doing the chumrah. There are many cases like this. The obvious case is, of course, a person who comes on Shabbat and says, someone's sick in my family, so theoretically, pikuach nefesh is doche Shabbos, and I should really save the person's life. But you know what? Amachmir, amachmir pikuach nefesh. Hayaleh aladat. That's obviously the, the against halacha to be machmir and Shabbos against pikuach nefesh. It's very very simple that halacha here is you should be machmir and pikuach nefesh and break Shabbat. There are many other cases like this when sometimes in the name of chumras we're actually doing averes. Actually, in the name of chumras we're doing neg- we're doing negative things. It seems to me that even though there's of course room on night of Pesach to do all the shitas, to do all the chumras. And, and all the posts can talk about it that when it comes to Pesach, a person should try to be mahader, to buy good hashgachas, a person should try to make sure that they're keeping Pesach kihil chato. But nevertheless, at the same time, I think it's time to think a little bit about the price that we are, as a society are paying for certain chumras that have become already part of the minig of Am Yisrael when it comes to certain products which really do not require hashgachas. There is no reason to buy bleach kosher Pesach. There is great reason to say that washing liquids for washing dishes doesn't really require Ashgacha. So if it doesn't cost much, mail it. But if really people can't afford it and they're going to put all their money in these kind of in products, then I really think that we have them, we are paying a price for these Chumras and our society is becoming a society which instead of being Sameach Bechag Pesach are really looking at to be only a Chag Kasher and not a real Sameach. Chag Kasher, but really Sameach. You've been listening to Rav Aviyad Tavori. I want to thank Rav Tavori for uh, joining us. As he mentioned, it's Parashat HaChodesh. Aside from the regular reading of the Torah of Ayakab we add the reading of Parashat HaChodesh, which is found in Parashat Bo. And God told Moshe Rabbeinu, HaChodesh Hazeh Lachem Rosh Chodashim Rishon Hu Lachem Lechodshei HaShana This month, coming month, which is Nisan, is the first of the months, the first month of the year. The reading of Pashat HaChodesh is simply appropriate because it's the beginning of the new of the new year. But there is a mitzvah in the in the Pasha itself. The, the Pasuk HaChodesh Lachem is, according to the Rambam, a mitzvah pasay, a positive mitzvah it's a positive mitzvah to to create, to determine the Jewish calendar. In other words, it's not just that there is a Jewish calendar. God gave us a calendar. That's different than the solar calendar, which is observed in the Western world today. It's a lunar calendar. It's just that the calendar exists, and you follow it. There's a mitzvah to, to make it exist. How do you make the calendar exist? Because you need to, originally... The months were chosen by visual observation of the moon. 
And therefore, Chazal and his Pasuk say that what Kashbaruch said, Achodesh Hazelachem, he said, you see the moon. This is how you choose, this is how you know a new month begins. Because he showed him the moon and said, when you see the little bit, the sliver of the new moon, that's your first day of the month. And there's a mitzvah asay to, it applies not to every individual Jew, but to the Beit Hadin, to the Sanhedrin, to be mechadesh chodashim with the Kvar Hashanim. This, of course, raises the question how we do it today when we don't have a Sanhedrin. And the answer, the technical answer is, is that our calendar was done by the Sanhedrin, but it was done in advance many, many years ago when they saw that the Sanhedrin was about to dissolve. Rabbi Yehuda Nisi'ah uh, instituted the, the printed calendar. He, he, he did the Chishuv Chodashim for the next hundreds, even thousands of years, and we are still living off that action. But in principle, making the calendar is a mitzvah that God gave to the Jews, to the Jewish people, to the Beit Adin of the Jewish people, to be, to be, to be a, a koveya, to establish. Um, and what I think this means, just think about it, is that we have a mitzvah to make Jewish time. You know, the Jewish calendar is out of sync with everybody else's calendar to some extent. And that's the principle. You have to make your own time. You don't live in time as it's given to you today, tomorrow. But you organize your calendar. You organize your time. And I think halacha lemaisa in reality Jews who live, Jews, Jews, observant Jews live in Jewish time. They, they, they have a different perception of time because, because time is so dependent on the way we live and how we react to it. I remember once a story, I was talking to somebody on the internet, and, and I said to him, I have to go now because the sun is almost setting. I meant I have to have a mincha. And he said to me, how do you know? He wasn't Jewish. And I realized that, you know, I, I, I know the sun is setting more or less because our time depends on the sun, just as here, our months depend on the moon. That's less experiential for us, but we're, we're, we're aware of it, I think. But the daily time is very much dependent on the sun, you know, when to daven. But this, this man didn't know when the sun sets, and his day wasn't based on the sun at all, it was based on six o'clock, he, he finishes work. But I finish work, or I go to daven at four o'clock, at five o'clock, at six o'clock. I, I go at the same time every day. I go when, when the sun, when the sun is setting. Jewish time is part of your, is part of your conception. Mitzvat, and one more point, since we're talking about Pashat Chodesh, getting ready for Pesach, Purim we got ready for by Mishenichnas Adar Marbim Besimcha. Adar was the month of happiness. When Adar begins, you increase the amount of joy, of Simcha. Just want to remind you that Rashi, on that sentence in the Gemara, says the reason why in the beginning of Adar you increase the Simcha is because Pesach is coming, not because Purim is coming. You get start getting ready for Pesach emotionally in the beginning of Adar. If Adar is the last month of the year, you know that almost any minute now we're going to be we're going to be taken out of Egypt. And the Geula, redemption will come. So therefore, the end of Adar is not the end of Mishinichmas Adam al This all was an introduction to Chodesh Nisan, which is about to come upon us, when the Simcha is greater and more, and so much more, as we get ready to meet with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, leave enslavement, be taken out of enslavement, and be brought closer to freedom and the worship of God.
Shabbat Shalom. Umvarach. Kol Tov Lachem. We'll be back next week. And next week will be the last week of regular programming. We'll then have one week uh, dedicated more to Pesach before we take our Pesach break, which we do take. Uh, we need uh, we we need we need the chance for vacation. I know some people will miss will miss the KMTT. In the meantime, Kol Tov. Shabbat Shalom Uracha. Oh,